0: Lovely to have you with us, and you're going to do our reading for this morning. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, the reading is taken from Isaiah 11, 1 to 10. should come off the screen. Great. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, The leopard will lie down with the goats, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of the people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the Mediterranean. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Pete. Today, I'd love to
1: talk about being ready. Being ready. It's Advent. And well, last week was the start of the official start of Advent. But we're, we're all getting ready for Christmas, aren't we? We're getting ready. It's Advent. But I want to talk specifically today about being heart ready. Not just being ready, but being ready in our hearts. Are you ready? Are you ready? That's the question at the moment, isn't it? Are you ready for Christmas? Have you got your list sorted out? Have you got your presents ordered? Have you figured it out? Some of you shaking your heads like, no, no, no. Have you uh, ordered in the food? Have you worked out what family you're seeing and which ones you're not seeing? Is that going well? How, and, it, and it will be a question that we'll be asking ourselves right up until the day itself. Are we ready? Have we prepared enough? Have we prepared enough? When Fiona, my wife, and I, when we have people visiting, um, whether they're just coming around for the day, uh, for a play date, just for a coffee, or if they're staying for the weekend, Fiona and I approach getting the house ready in very different ways. Fiona wants to get the place like ready, 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 ready. Uh, And um, I've worked out over nine years of marriage that ready, ready means sort of like ready, ready, ready you know, cleaning, washing, dusting, etc. I've learned that it also means uh, ready, but like hide things, sort of ready, like find a temporary home for all the rubbish that we've dumped in the hallway. Get ready, Don't, don't show the mess, get ready. And I'm a bit more like, no, no, let them see the mess. When they walk in the door, give them a hoover, let them join in, that's sort of my approach, and I remember once walking in the room of our house, and we had someone come and visit, and they were just saying how tidy everything was, and I'm there sort of smiling, knowing that I've just from, come from the cupboard, where I've hidden another couple boxes, uh, to present this sort of clean, uh, tidy, all altogether house that we live in. I've learned about washing up on the side, leaving washing up on the side, that, that's a sign that your life is a mess, apparently. Well, if that's the case, my life is a mess. That's something that needs sorting out before people come around, come around apparently. Although, actually, when my, my parents are visiting this weekend, and when, whenever my mum uh, visits or even my mother-in-law visits, they can't help themselves but get involved in the tidying up and the washing up. So, actually, when they come around, I leave more washing up on the side because I know they're just going to sort it out anyway. They're gonna, they, they've got it covered. Our, our reading today is this is a classic advent reading it's the set reading for today in the church of england uh, lectionary it's it, it, someone is coming says isaiah someone is coming full of wisdom full of understanding counsel and might and the earth as a result of this visit will be filled with the knowledge of the lord and it will be glorious and so the king is coming That's what he's saying. Jesus, the King is coming, and so are you ready? Just as it was a question for then, it's a question for us to answer today as well. The King is coming, so are you ready? Are you ready? Advent is one of those funny times where really we're doing two different things. We're doing two things at the same time. We're looking back At the time when Jesus first came into the world, there there was this waiting, there was this expectation, there was this getting ready uh, by the people of Israel for this moment in history. We sort of engage in a 24-day countdown, but they were waiting hundreds of years for this moment that our reading in Isaiah was pointing towards. And we take part in that waiting. Advent is a time where we sort of, we, we relive those moments that when that, what meant for the whole of humanity, the the changing of humanity, that God would come to us, God would be with us and would become like us and would dwell with us. But also then, Advent is where we also look ahead to when Jesus will come again. And for us, that's an even more real waiting period of expectation of getting ourselves ready that's what Advent is, looking back, but also looking forward to when the King is coming, and the King is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? When I was at Vicar, the, the Vicar Factory in London, it, it wasn't called that, but the, the church I was at, we, we were getting ready for a VIP visit, and it was all really, really secretive, and we weren't even told who this visit was until the day, the staff of the church. And um, there was all this prep, and certain people were being invited uh, along, and there was this diverse mix of sort of school, local school children, dignitaries, the police were involved around the area as well. And in the morning of, we find out that it is uh, none other than His Royal Highness, but now the King, um, Charles. Charles was our VIP. And when a royal visits on that morning, we, you get a full briefing of how you're meant to be, what the rules are, how you refer to them and in the first instance, and then how you refer to them in the second and ongoing instances. And uh, they tell you exactly where how you stand, what you're meant to do. I managed to find a shirt that made me look somewhat presentable. And uh, here we are. I think we've got a picture of that moment. There I am, just slightly in the corner. I don't, I don't quite have a photo of me actually shaking his hand. But there he is, our, the future king, but our king now. Um, he has great small talk. The, the guy has an unbelievable gift for small talk. Comes with a job, I think. Um, but there was all that effort, all that preparation, all that getting ready. And what he simply did was just remove this posh-looking um, uh, cloth from a plaque on a wall. And he just said, this church is now open. All that preparation just for that one moment. They used to joke that the queen must have thought that the world smelt like fresh paint. Because every time she would visit somewhere, they would go to such extreme lengths to, make them, to get the place ready that they would even repaint the walls. Things were tidy, cleaned up, and I imagine no washing up left on the side. Get things ready, get it just right, get it perfect, because the King is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you're familiar with the Church of England, you'll know that each week, and it starts on a Sunday, there is a set prayer for for that week, and it's known as the the collect. It's It's a type of special prayer. And the prayer that for today goes like this, which I want to draw some things out from this morning for us. The prayer is, it says, Almighty God, purify our hearts and minds that when your Son, Jesus Christ, comes again as judge and Savior, we may be ready to receive him, who is our Lord and our God. I love that request in that prayer. To God, would you purify our hearts? Because it might be easy to think that when I say, Get ready for the king. The king is coming. Get ready. Get ready for Jesus. It would be easy to, to think of that. We need to get ready in the same way that we might get ready from a VIP visit or, or from a royal or someone similar. And of course, Jesus is he's the VIP. But the readiness that he is after from us is a little bit different. It's not a readiness of perfection, but it's a readiness of Our heart. Jesus isn't looking for the perfect fanfare on arrival. He's not looking for everything to be in order. He's not looking for everything to be all together. He's not looking for a chaos-free environment, freshly painted walls, washing up, all done. He's after a readiness of heart, an openness to receive him in our hearts. The King is coming, so not are you ready, but are your hearts ready to receive him? What does a ready heart look like? It doesn't mean having everything sorted out, all the issues worked out, everything under control, but being heart ready is simply being open to allow Jesus to be in our life. I've said a few times that the King is coming. The King is coming, but in a very real way, the King, as we've been singing about, is already here, in Revelation, in, a book, in the last book in the Bible, Jesus, it says, stands at the door of our hearts and is knocking. And he's knocking now. And it's you now that he wants to be with. Not once you finally get your life together. Not once you finally start praying more. You forgive that person for how they wronged you. Or when you sort of get your act together. Or even when life stops being so messy. Because life is, is always messy. I'm reminded of this cartoon where these two people are standing outside a house, uh, and one says, I think it's coming up on the screen, it says, I'd invite you in, but my life's a mess. Jesus wants to be invited into the mess of our lives, because really he knows about it all anyway. We can't hide from him the way that we might hide some of the mess in our homes. He wants to be invited into your life, mess, and all. It's not something that's gonna put him off, and it's not something that's gonna stop him from coming into your life. Jesus doesn't want us to pretend with him. Recently I saw a photo of what I look like when I run. And you know when you you know in life when you think you look, you imagine what you look like to other people, and then you realize you don't look like that. And you look completely weird, or completely different. So um, I saw this picture. And when I, when I run, I sort of keep my arms like close to my body, close to my chest. But rather than sort of clench my fists like that, I've realized that um, my thumbs stick out like this, and which looks like I'm just sort of running around giving people thumbs up as I'm running. But this picture, though, and I'm, re- I'm gutted that I-, I, couldn't- I couldn't quite find it um, to show you this morning, because it's really funny. Um, I'm sort of running in the, in the part run, as I usually do, and, uh, and I've got the thumbs up. So the thumbs are saying, everything's going great. But in my face, everything's saying, everything's going terrible. <laughs> when will this run end? It's sort of saying, it's all good here. It's not good here. And we do this all the time, I think. We, we do this all the time. How are you doing is a, is a, is a familiar question. And sometimes we want to be honest if we're finding things tough. And we want to share that. But we know it's difficult. And we know it requires some vulnerability. So perhaps we just stick with the thumbs up and say it's all good. When really what's going on is not quite the same. I do this with Jesus all the time. And Jesus wants to know my heart. Jesus wants to get to know my heart, all the mess and all the vulnerabilities. And sometimes I'm like, no, Jesus, all good. Look at how fast I'm running. Look at how well I'm doing. Look at how it's all coming together. Look at how I've done so well. But Jesus isn't interested in that. He wants our heart. He wants to be in our hearts. Because if he can get into our heart, that's where he can bring the biggest difference to our life. The book of Proverbs says that above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Your heart is important, and your heart is the thing that Jesus wants to get to know. Jesus wants to be in our hearts. The King is coming, and he's coming for our hearts, because our hearts are the key. I saw this illustration from uh, a vicar I know. On uh, I was just saw it, uh, catching up on, on, their, um, on their YouTube channel. And I found this illustration really helpful. So I'm going to try and um, give it to you this morning and try and simplify it as, as much as I can. Um, but he says, in life, oh, you can't see that, but you, you'll get it. You'll get the idea. This is, this is your life, and, and things in our life, there the, are the physical things in life that happen. This is, these are the things that happen ar- around us. These are uh, the, the, the outward stuff in your life, your circumstances and your situations. That's what's happening in your life. But in our core, there's another area as well, but for, for time's sake, in our core is our, is our spirit. It's our heart, at our very core. And this is the inward stuff, how we feel, the things that sort of drive our identity, drive our purpose, drive the the meaning that we feel in our life. And he said that we, we live in one of two ways. We either live outside in, or if we can, we live inside out. Outside in is when the things that are going on around you, they, they dictate how you feel inside. Your circumstances, your situations, they, they affect your identity. They affect who you are. And so, so an example then is, um, it's raining, so I'm sad. It, I didn't get much sleep. Physically tired, so I'm, 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 a, I'm a grumpy person. No one laughed at my joke. I must not be a very funny person. But perhaps more seriously, that bad thing happened to me. Someone wronged me. Someone did something to me. So I must not be very lovable. Someone patronized me. Someone didn't listen to me at work. I must not be worth listening to my life is a mess. I've got all this mess going on in my life. Why would God ever love me? That's out, outside in, when the things around us shape and dictate and define the things of our identity and and who we are. But Jesus wants to come in and renew our hearts. The Bible says that actually when Jesus comes into our life, we're given a new spirit, We're given a new spirit, uh, and so with that new spirit, we receive a new identity, we receive new purpose, we receive new power, new power to live our lives by. With, With ready hearts, Jesus comes by his spirit. God's spirit lives in us and gives us the courage, begins to give us the strength to live outside in, to live outside in, meaning that we start from a place of truth and who we are, and then that affects the things around us, the outward things around us. To live informed by who we are and letting that shape our perspective and approach in life. So what does that look like? I am, I'm created by God. I'm created by God for purpose and for meaning. And that's true then, this, this, this identity. That's true even if I lose my job or even if there are uncertainties around my job and what I do. My life is full of purpose and meaning because of who I am in God. Or perhaps I'm a child of God. I'm seen, I'm loved, I'm important, and so I don't need to collapse under any fear or anxiety, and I can bring into my life this peace in the chaos and mess of life. Because of Jesus, I'm forgiven, and I might still make mistakes, but I am forgiven. That's an identity that I have as someone who is forgiven by God. And so I don't now need to always carry guilt and shame in my life. And so I bring into my, the world and the areas of life that I'm in, I bring this, this freedom and this peace. Or lastly, there's this truth that God is God and I'm not. And that's okay And I don't need to now put any pressure on myself to have it all figured out, to have it all together. I don't need to have all the control because God is God and I am not. And again, I bring into my life, because of that reality, peace and a freedom to live by. The King is coming. Are we ready? The King is here. And he wants to make his home in our hearts, despite the mess, despite all the flaws, all of it together. Jesus wants to make his home in our hearts, that he might begin to transform and change us, and that it would affect the way that we are in the world around us. The King is coming. Are you ready? It's in the stress, it's in the build-up to Christmas, and the end of term, it's in the coldness and the the bleakness of the winter nights. It's in the uncertainties and the fears of the cost of living crisis. It's in the worries of all the financial uncertainty. It's in the dynamics of family life, which we often get to see at Christmas. That's where Jesus wants to meet us, in all of those areas. Advent brings us to this point where we remember that a king is born, but he was born in a stinky stable in the rawness and the mess of life. And in the same way where our lives and our hearts can feel quite raw and quite messy at times and maybe even a little stinky, Jesus comes again wanting to be present in all of that. But this time, not in a stable, but in our hearts to renew us, to strengthen us, and to give us hope. Amen.